Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey, guys. We got Enrique. We're going to get into this. We're going to talk about video storytelling. We're going to talk about origin stories. Enrique's got a story to tell. He's a conga player. I'm a conga player. <laughs> Let's get into this, Enrique. What's going on, man? Tell us a little short bio on yourself, and then we'd love to learn more about your origin story. Yeah. Uh, thank you for having me, Ruben. This is uh, amazing, and, and I love the uh, the synergy there and the percussion, man, because that's, that's really where my heart is uh, most of the time in the music. But uh, short bio, real quick, um, I'm going to summarize. 26 years, U.S. Navy. I retired <laughs> Thank you for in 2015. Your service. Oh, Thank you no. for your service. My pleasure. My pleasure and honor. Uh, after 26 years, decided that Orlando, the, uh, the adult and child playland, <laughs> would be our home. And so we moved here in 2015, uh, started with uh, leadership development, which is what I ended up in uh, Navy and created uh, Triad Leadership Solutions, which is uh, my current joy, uh, teaching uh, young leaders, up and coming leaders, uh, and leaders that are struggling how to get out of those struggles and become the most proficient leader they can be. Wow, man, that, that, is, uh, that is a heck of a story, man, going from <laughs> you know, service, you know, front lines, and then now in, in a place where you're you're guiding people, you're educating people. I mean, you are playing the function of a, of a guide and that is precisely what we all need in our lives. Um, what are some of the, the biggest problems that you're trying to help your, your clients and folks overcome? Well, firstly, the not knowing. Most mm. of our problems come from the things we don't know. And most young leaders are struggling with just finding out who they are let alone what a leader looks like. Uh, and so I try to bring them all back to center point, which is them. And so most of my training, most of my development comes from the inside out. We address leadership from the outside in. So let's say I give you an example. Man, you look like you're hardworking. Man, you show up on time. Man, I don't ever hear a gripe from you. You must be my next leader. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, don't do that. They ju that just means they are a great follower. Mm. Al although it may be a prerequisite to be a leader, it doesn't mean that they are ready for leadership. So most times we address leadership issues from the outside in. And mm. I try to reverse engineer that and address it from the inside out. And so that way between they and me, we can meet with a good leader and then set them off on their course. Uh, but so so most of the issues come from they just don't know. Uh, and then I educate them. Now there's people who are in leadership and you think they should know uh, just based on their experience or the time they've been at work. Uh, and you will, off, you will often find and I often find that even they don't know. They were propelled into a position. They were a designated right they were knighted and said you 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 can do it mm. I, I i i i vote for you i encourage you and they are in a position and they're just as lost as everybody else uh except they're getting paid a little more 
So, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe maybe before they used to have a better view. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, before they used to love their job, now they hate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well, you know, there's there's a quote that I always go to. Let's let's see if I can get this one right here. But um, they don't care how much you know unless they know how much you care. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, uh, and, uh, right? And that's empathy. And we've been mm -hmm. now it's a buzzword, it's a trend. Right. But, you know, people in leadership have been talking about that forever. And the thing that I always go back to is this idea of, you know, when we tell stories and we get vulnerable and we open up, we're leading, you know? Exactly. Yeah, and it's those stories that most leaders are, I, I could say they are almost encouraged not to share, and mm. which it blows my mind. Mm. If I come to you as a leader and I say, you know what, you were late five minutes, right? Normally, I would have to have you sign a paper, maybe take it to HR or whatever. But let me let me tell you, I was where you were. Mm. And I struggled with timeliness as well. But this is what happened. And then I go into my story. And then all of a sudden, my story makes me human. Mm. And it's that human aspect of leadership that's missing. And so instead of encouraging people to share their stories in leadership, we tell them, no, you can't do that. Don't you don't you show weakness. Don't you do this, that, and the other. And then what we do is we separate, we, we create a bigger gap between leadership and the workforce. And so the humanity is lost in the in the inability to to show your story, to tell your story. And so I will I will be able to connect with you better if I can tell you that I was where you are but I look where I am mm. because of these things that I did. And leaders are not employing that tool. And, and I think it's it's almost like a like a weapon, it's a weapon <laughs> mm. uh, to ignite the workforce to understand that we are them. It, it, we're just a pay grade or a pay scale difference. That that doesn't mean a thing. Now, it will mean a thing if they can't relate to us. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. You know, I, I think about this. In fact, in fact. There's this idea that I have where young people, you know, in their teens and 20s, you know, if they're not, if there's not a certain element of foolishness and irresponsibility, I, I would argue that they might even be doing something wrong. I mean, unless they're Ooh. they're us, they're in the military, they might be doing something wrong because, you know, that's that's where we learn. That's where we evolve. And the unfortunate thing is that we don't have most of us during that time, we don't have good guides. We don't have good leaders or mentors that are here to tell us exactly what you say, which is I was where you were and look at where I am now because I evolved, because I overcame that, because I, I, I became responsible and I became more mature. And I think that, you know, that, that connection, that empathy through, through storytelling is, is what we need more of Enrique. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, uh, as you was talking, I'm thinking, man, what does, you know, what do I and Ruben have in common, right? Because that's really like, if I was your boss, I was in, in leading you, now you, you, you're your own boss, but if I was your boss and I was leading you, what do we have in common? Hmm. Um, number one, I see, right, Conga, 
Yeah. Right. So we could we could play a jam. We could disagree <laughs> on on a thousand things, but the music start. Me and Ruben, we're playing. We're gonna That's play, true. and we're gonna have some fun. And music is the universal language. <laughs> it is. But what most leaders are are not doing, they're not doing this. They're not looking for those touch points. Mm. And if you as a leader cannot touch in some way, and I'm not talking physical, Lord forbid. <laughs> I'm talking about that heart. Mm. Me and Ruben, we both have hearts. <laughs> mm. We both have hearts. And, and when the music goes on, our heart starts to skip a beat, right? Mm -hmm. And so why not dig down deep? And you, you mentioned the younger leaders, right? The younger workforce. They have something in common. And most people that are older have been in leadership. All oh, these kids. Well, you know what? You were that kid, and that <laughs> oh, yeah. older guy was talking about you. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so, so nothing's changed. What what has to change is that I have to realize that there's a touch point. What is forbidding me, as an elder leader, to to look into what is the touch point for us, and build on that. And that's that's where all relationships start. Mm -hmm. You know, I could have not known you from a uh, from from Adam. I'd have seen the conga, and we're we're pals. That's right. That's we're right. pals, right? And because that's that's the touch point. Yeah. And so for the younger generation, you know, their struggle is that the these older, uh, seemingly more mature leaders are not looking for those touch points so they won't ever understand them mm. and and we were all where they are maybe yeah. not the same environment right because i saw the pc <laughs> come into a home right they grew up they grew up with a pc in their hand and and so it's a different generation it's still a pc it's still a computer why not show them how that thing started They'll be amazed. They'll think you're like, wow, this guy is, wow, he's he's educated. He knows all this. And then ask them to show you their version. And you will be amazed at how much these young people know. Hmm. You know, you, you made me realize when you were telling me that, that I've made a huge mistake. And I'd like to share that with you. We have, we have a very new form in our company, which is an onboarding form. And any right. new team member, independent consultant, employee has to fill out that form. Basic right. questions, first name, last name, social, so on and so forth. I've realized that we're not, we're not asking all the right questions. You know, Yeah, we have the logistical <laughs> things and we can fill out all the forms. But what are your hobbies? What's your favorite music? What do you enjoy doing in your pastime? You know, what do you do on, on Sundays? You know, how can we support your, your hobbies, your personal life? You know, how, how can I have more information so that I can do exactly what you're talking about, which is connecting with people on a human level? In order for me as a leader to connect with someone, I have to do exactly what you do. I have to look in their Zoom video and see what, what's going on in their life. Right. Or I have to ask them, or I have to maybe look on their social channels. But all that information should come to me. And whether it's through a forum or whether it's through a conversation where we get to know each other, um, that listening is, is key. And I, I definitely want to improve on that level. Yeah, you're, what you just shared, I, I have my hair just standing up everywhere. <laughs> it's just, it, it, because it's, it's epiphany, right? It's, it's, it's you heard something 
And you're like, man. And that's what I'm all about. I'm all about bringing epiphany to leadership so they understand that there is more than just the standard leadership. For instance, how many people in your company know you play the conga? Mm. I bet you, you can have the, the, the baddest jam session with the group you have right now. Mm. And you yeah. will bring so much joy. That's yeah, true. Because you brought something that's not work into work, but you just made it so much more enjoyable that now I'm going to work for you way harder. Right. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> human. Mm. The human aspect of leadership is what we need to uh, ignite in companies now. Uh, it's it's look, the folks have signed up. They're going to work for that paycheck. Right. They're going to do it. That's the, that's their livelihood, especially now. Right. There's a ton of people without without work. So the ones that have it, they're going to stick around. <laughs> they're going to do whatever it takes to stick around and, and good for them. But for what motives? Right. For what interest? Uh, is it in the better interest of the uh, creating a great environment at, at their job site where they just happy to come to? Because I know I've been to places that I don't ever want to go back to. Right. But something as simple as music, which you, you said is the international. That's it. Right. You know, and and we miss those little touch points. That's a touch point that ignite our workforce. And, and I love seeing it. Mm. And, uh, you know, what what would you say the reasons why someone doesn't do that type of, of listening? Like what is it? greed or impatience or lack of time like why would someone not want to invest into that because what you're saying is kind of like it, it the way in which you say it because you're so eloquent in the way you say it it seems so obvious <laughs> yeah you know I, I, the greatest challenge is perception uh you have to really this starts at the top right so mm. you're in a position you're actually in a prime, prime position to effect this thing Mm. Um, most people uh, that get this are like middle managers because they know the, the pain between the worker, the workforce, them and the leadership. Mm. They, they're the ones that they're the belt. They tie everything together. And so leaders have one way of viewing it. Uh, the workforce has another way of viewing it. And, and the middle management tries to, to do it all. Mm. This must begin at the top and trickle down. Because your, com your company has to believe this in order for it to work. Now, it's much easier if the CEO says, we're going to have a jam session. Mm. And it's going to be on Wednesday afternoon. You know what? I think this is so important for, the, for our community, for our group, for our company, that we're going to do the one hour before you know knocking off of work. We're going to do jam session. And for those that don't play, you get to hear and you get to enjoy. You want to dance? Go ahead. Fine. You know, everybody's going to do it. Why? Because the CEO said. <laughs> now, if I was a middle manager and I said, everybody, I know what works in order to get the leadership and the workforce together. We're going to have a jam session. And what's going to happen? Some leader that doesn't agree is going to say, who gave you authorization to do that? That's not what we do here. We, there's a professional workplace. Uh, no, does HR know about that? 
do, are we gonna are we gonna be doing music that represents everybody? Mm-hmm. You, there's so many different layers of bureaucracy and things that are are perception based, layer by layer that it don't it won't go anywhere. And what happens? The workforce really wanted it. Middle management really wants support it, but leadership has a different way of seeing it. And then, so it has to be something that's holistic, company-wide, where it has been talked up. Now, you know, there's some things, right? You don't, you don't want to just have a jam session and it just be Spanish music because then what happens, right? And so you, you want to give uh, thought to these things, but do them. See where it'll take you. I guarantee you that as much as music uh, makes you and I smile, it makes most people smile. Mm-hmm. It does. It's not going to be, you know, ill-received. It just has to be something that everybody agrees on. And it usually takes a CEO to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, so everybody agrees on. And if you don't have a particular participation, you can just listen, right? Enjoy it. Hey, if you want to be at your desk, go ahead. But that's the problem. The problem is that it not everybody's going to agree but it has to come from the top. Um, and I guarantee you everybody wants it. <laughs> makes makes total sense to me. You know, um, I, I, I want to get into this, this idea of the origin story, yeah. you know, because my favorite type of storytelling is in business, I think is, mm-hmm. is the origin story because that's where you really get to connect with someone. Like when I yeah. hear, you saying the things that you're saying to me, you know, I, I can just only imagine what you've gone through in order to have learned that, you know, to understand that level of empathy and that level of, you know, connection. Um, what What is your origin story? What What was your catalyst point in realizing that there was this big, bad problem in, in leadership, generally speaking? And uh, I'd like to lo- I'd like to learn more about that. Yeah. Uh, well, let me let me I'm going to quickly take you back as a as a child um I, I was born in puerto rico in the mountains up there uh, uh very poor I, I remember my floor was dirt <laughs> it was <laughs> we were sweeping dirt <laughs> clean the floor yeah for, for figure that but <laughs> i went from there my mom took us to new york so i was raised in the bronx uh and and all all the glorious parts of the Bronx, like Harlem and Spanish Harlem and uh, the South Bronx, mm. <laughs> not so glorious, <laughs> but <laughs> but nonetheless, I made it through. I and uh, <clears throat> but I remember one night vividly. It's kind of like my grounding point mm. when mm. I tend to think that uh, I'm better than I am. <laughs> um, I was rummaging through the dumpsters at the local uh, supermarket uh, at 11.30 at night, close to midnight, because uh, they would dump all their canned goods. And that that was my job, uh, to uh, help feed the family. So I, I always have that grounding point because we all go through some stuff. You know, now, there's some people out there that didn't have to do that. Um, that was just my predicament uh, at the time, you know, and uh, it always keeps me humble. It always mm-hmm. keeps me humble because I remember those times where the cupboards were empty 
And uh, I would watch my mom cry because there was not much to give. Mm. And so, so that was my uh, childhood. It was always, it wasn't always that way now. I'm, I'm gonna tell you, but I remember that. Um, and so that's my ground point. Then uh, I joined the military. I thought I would, you know, um, and this is why I, I focus so much on young leadership because at the, at the age of 18, I thought that I was disciplined. I wasn't a bad kid. <clears throat> now I had bad influences, right? Um, I, I didn't do everything right, but I wasn't a bad kid. And I thought that I was disciplined enough that the military would be a great house to live in. Um, everything around me was, you know, drugs or, you know, sexual immorality and, and whatnot, the things that happen in the dark that people don't talk about. Um, I was surrounded by that. So I, I, I saw the military as my way out. And uh, it was, it was, it was. And so I joined the military at 18 and took off. Well, my very first command, my very first place of work, we had a leader. He was, uh, when I got there, he was promoted. He was promoted from E8 to 9. The, the, top, the top of what you can get is E9. And um, I expected, I was like, wow, man, this guy is here. He, he, he gets promoted. They, the E9 rank only represents 1% of the, of the, of the force. Wow. So, I mean, that's up, up there. Except that that same guy that got promoted for whatever reason used to use me as his uh, bullseye because he would openly complain about my accent. He would openly complain about my, <laughs> you said eloquent, my lack of eloquence. And he would basically ostracize me in front of everybody. And I was a meteorologist and oceanographer. So you have to brief. You have to be in front of people to brief the weather. Uh, it will happen. And so I remember um, at that point, I knew that not all leadership was there for the right reason. Mm. I knew that not all leadership were cut from the same cloth. I knew that not all leadership were ethical and moral and focused on the people. Some leadership is focused on themselves will use people's backs to get to the next level and won't care about the disaster and destruction they left behind. Uh, and so at that point, I realized that I was not that type of person. I was not that type of leader. And my aim was to be the best friend of this red book. And most people, when I say the red book, it, the Webster Dictionary used to come in red. There were no different colors. It was the red book. And, and when you saw it, you knew that was the Webster Dictionary. Mm. I became friends with that book because I purposed in my heart that no one else would ever ostracize me like that for my accent nor for my lack of eloquence. And so that's what I did. I uh, Now... I will tell you that that was fueled in the wrong sentiment, right? <laughs> that 
that was fueled in the wrong sentiment because it was out of hurt that I made that decision. Um, but later on, I realized that the more I went down that road, I enjoyed being the other type of leader, you know? And so what I started doing was making sure that everybody that was under my leadership knew everything that I knew that I wasn't afraid to being replaced. I was afraid of not being able to be replaced mm. that I would leave and there'd be no one there to take and, and fill the slot. And so I did everything I could with everyone to make sure that they were ready uh, to take that place. Uh, now that, and now that's interesting. What you just said, that's it. I got to cut you off real quick yeah. here. That is extremely interesting. Most people find themselves in a situation where they're threatened, you know, right. they're threatened. Someone else can replace me. I'm going to, I'm going to become obsolete. But when you get to that point of confidence and transcendence in your career and your skill and your craft, it's actually the opposite. How am I going to find someone to replace me so that I can go and do something else and transcend? Right. Or if I get hit by a truck, God forbid. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a paradigm shift right there. And, and a lot of people call it succession plan. Mm. Uh, I think succession plan is... It's, it's not all encompassing of what I'm trying to do. Uh, I'm, uh, but it is right. It's just making sure somebody's there for when you're not. And the, there's fear in leadership that holds folks from doing that. Uh, typically it's based off of, uh, that they, they are tied to this job. And if they lose this job, what do they have? So I got to make sure that nobody takes my spot. <laughs> and and it becomes it becomes uh, a contentious environment, you know. It, especially, Lord forbid that the new guy know more than me. Oh my goodness, <laughs> right? Oh, oh no, we got to do everything to shut this guy down, mm. right? He's got a master's degree, but we're gonna send him to the mailroom because that, <laughs> that's where he's not gonna hurt nobody, <laughs> right? So, so instead of leadership. Uh, having joy in the uh, in the amount of talent and abilities that people bring to the group, and 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 kind of pushing away from the table and letting them get you know get in there and do that stuff, they try to sabotage it or try to stomp it or you know try to put that fire out. Uh, and what you do is that you not only take from them but you take from yourself. Because if you were that good, you wouldn't need to hire nobody. <laughs> mm -hmm. You wouldn't. Yeah. But you're not that good. Right. So just be honest with yourself first. And then be honest with the people that you're hiring. And after you go back to this, the sheet that you have, right? Find out all they can do. You're going to be blown away of what your people can do. And then things come up. And you say, oh, I remember so-and-so. They know about that. You don't have to go outsource. You don't have to go do, dig in for here. You don't have to, you have it all in-house. Now, you know, there's going to be some compensation for that. But, you know, your people are your greatest resource. And what we use them for is as a, a byword, right? We use them as a, 
as a byword. I, I spoke to a CEO once and I said, Hey, yo, your people are your greatest resource. He said, Yeah, but I can get there's a I can get a, a, a thousand more engineers. And I'm like, Wow. Okay, well, then your people are not your resources. They just a, a, a little check in the block. That's all they are. Mm. And so what you're going to get is that. That's what you're going to get coming from your people. Mm-hmm. And, they'll, and, and they'll sense that. What? They know it. Mm. They know it. You know, I was fortunate. I, I When I come on board on, on a company, I ask for a full up and down avenue. I don't, I want to talk to the bottom. I want to talk to the top. I want to talk to the middle. So I get a full up and down Avenue. That Avenue blows people away because I get to talk to people then. Yeah, we know about this, that, and any other, but whoa. Okay. The point is we have smart workforce. We have smart people. Uh, Leaders need to start being less afraid. Uh, But you know what? Um, That fear comes from, Knowing your limitations. If I know my limitations are so-and-so, I probably can't get another job like this. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm holding on to it for dear life. So if you can come to grips with your limitations as a leader, you'll stop stomping on the people. You have to know your limitations and understand and accept that someone else below you can actually help you. And then ask them. If I did not know how to play the congas and I said, oh, man, Ruben, I have one of those, but I don't know how to play. Can you teach me? What would you say? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. There's joy in teaching. And imagine if if I was a subordinate and a leader came and said, hey, Enrique, man, I don't want nobody to know, bro, but you do this in a a way that I'm just floored. Can you teach me that? Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. You are talking about a brand new environment coming to life. That's like infusing potassium and 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 oxygen and nitrogen into into ground. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, those those people are just gonna bubble up and say, "Wow, I never ever would have imagined that that leader would have came to me for something that I thought he knew nothing about." Mm-hmm. Now I feel like I'm part of the team. It it works. Nice. But but it starts with the leaders knowing their limitations. And you you've explored this topic extensively. I mean, as I understand, you have you have multiple assets that you offer in the form of, you know, ebooks or kind of readable 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 assets. What are what are some of the things that that folks might be able to grab from your website or from your LinkedIn profile to learn more? Yeah, well, I have this one that I like to give to everybody because it's it's funny how if you bring them back to the beginning, they they'll recognize that, man, we skipped that step. Uh, I have a 10 steps uh, to success, 10 steps to success. And uh, it's it's meant for a young leader starting out. And it takes them right from the beginning. From, I'm going to talk about from their resume. <laughs> and it takes them all the way to the point where they get hired. 
because they miss a lot of opportunities along the way. You know, a job hunting becomes a, I submit an application, I get an interview, people who I don't know are gonna ask me some questions. If they feel like I did right, I might get the job. It, it, you know, it, but it's not that as simple um, because there's a lot of networking that should be being done. There's a lot of touch points we talked about earlier that should be being done, right? Um, one of the tips I, I have on there is uh, reaching out to people in the company. So if I, when you when you launched a platform, if I had wrote, hey, Ruben, you don't know me, but I've been keeping an eye on what you're doing. I love that platform that you created. It'd be nice to have a virtual coffee with you, maybe talk a little. Uh, and uh, But either way, congratulations on that platform. You're doing great. Sign Enrique. You know, and I actually made it an actual note and I signed it and I sent it to you. You're going to mm -hmm. say, I have no idea who Enrique is, but he just <laughs> made my day. I haven't seen one of these in years. Oh, yeah. And I know he spent some time. And all of a sudden, I just touched Ruben in a way no other applicant <laughs> has touched Ruben. Right. And now Ruben's going to find out. Let me go on LinkedIn. What this dude about? Oh, he's going to read. He's like, hmm, I like that. Oh, I like this. Oh man, I know there's a job coming up. It's not being advertised. You know, this is how this is how the world works. Yeah. And we try to we we just we just forget the things that work. I don't understand it. We're forgetting the things that work, and we're going trying to shove this thing down. So my ten tips for set for career success, um, I usually tell people, hey, if you want it, you know, uh, and I and I and I send them the link, and they can have it. Uh, but it's amazing how many people write me back and say, wow, I forgot that. Wow. Oh, man, this is great. I'm going to start doing that. And of course, on LinkedIn, I put a lot of videos, a, a lot of tips on on career success, a lot of tips on leadership success. Uh, and I just started this uh, uh, for last Sunday uh, success, uh, spiritual success, because what I try to do is provide a holistic, healthy view of a leader. Uh, and there's so many facets to leadership, right? So, um, yeah, so they can uh, write me on LinkedIn. I'll send them the uh, the PDF and uh, and then uh, they can view all my, my videos. I just throw it out there, right? So people can learn. Uh, I, I want an educated workforce. I want an educated leadership force. Um, and yeah, man. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I, I wanted to formally thank you for being on the podcast. Where can folks learn more about you? LinkedIn, socials, website? Yeah, well, Triad Leadership Solutions. If you look up any of the um, platforms, uh, I reside. I will tell you I reside on LinkedIn. That's where I, I spend most of my time. Uh, but they can go to triadleadershipsolutions.com and find out more about the company, find out more about me. Uh, and uh, two podcasts that I hold and I host. One is Developing the Leader Within podcast and also the Leadership Void uh, podcast. Amazing. Well, Enrique, thank you so much, man. Next time we connect, I'd like to have a, a conga, conga session with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> All right, my man. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you. All right.